Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, George Wilder Jr. George Wilder Jr. show is on the air. This is Thursday, gentlemen. Uh, I try not to make shows. Anyway, thanks for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. show. We're, we're going to try to have some fun today, but I don't know if we're going to have much fun because we've got more crap. Than <laughs> uh, it, it is totally, totally true that the uh, pigs are leaving the nest. That uh, um, they're jumping ship. They see that this fucking Titanic of Donald Don, Donald John Trump is going down. Uh, turmoil in the White House. Turmoil in America. And this guy, uh, this fucker, this piece of shit that we have in office, Donald Trump, is the cause of it all. This big-ass distraction that he's got going now is uh, pulling the troops out of Syria at the behest of uh, Russia. Donald Trump is doubling down on being a traitor. This guy is saying, hey, fuck, I'm a traitor. I hate America. I love Russia. This is what this guy is saying. Now he's saying he's going to shut the, shut down the United States. He's going to shut the government down because there's no money in this certain bill for his border wall. He wants $5 billion for his border wall. The Democrats are standing steadfast. They say he's not going to get anything from them. So Donald Trump is going to shut down the government. The Dems are saying, and I'm saying, shut the fucking government down. That's your ass if you do that. That's, uh, and it looks like it's going to happen. 
from what I'm hearing, all the uh, senators and representatives in Washington have gone home for the holidays. So there, it's inevitable that the government will shut down. Uh, uh, Friday, Friday, uh, December twenty first, two thousand and eighteen. This jackass is going to shut the government down because he he's refusing to sign anything. Paul Ryan came out to the cameras and said, "Hey, wow, the, uh, Donald Trump will not sign anything. He will not sign a funding bill." To keep the government open. So he's going to shut it down because he's not getting what he's want, what he wants. But I can tell you this, folks, uh, let him shut the government down and see how those all of those millions and millions of uh, federal workers who will not be getting their paycheck. See who they vote for in 2020. This jackass may not even make it to 2020. He's what he's doing, folks, is he is distracting from all those investigations, all those uh, felonies on his ass and, and all uh, Trump Foundation and Trump uh, uh, all these fraud cases uh, and all of this shit that's over his head that's coming after him. So he's going to do something big to distract us away from talking about those things you know, by not funding the government, shutting down the United States. That's big. And pulling uh, the troops out of Syria at the uh, at orders of his uh, of his president, Russian president Vladimir Putin. He's doing all of this. Just it's dangerous. It's a president. It's uh, it, it's not good for America. It's not good for anybody. But he's doing it. He's doing shit unilaterally. He's not working with anybody. He's not talking to anybody. He's just going out doing shit because he can do it as president. Democrats and Republicans, they're all, they're, they're, they're all pissed off at what he's doing. America is pissed off at what he's doing, but he doesn't give a fuck. He, he doesn't have any feelings. He doesn't have any empathy. He doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't care. He wants money for his border wall, a wall that he said 100 times that Mexico would pay for it. Now he wants you and me and the rest of the taxpayers around America to pay for his shitty wall, which is not going to happen because the Democrats are coming into power next month and they will not give him one fucking cent for that wall. They hold the purse strings. They allocate the money. He can't do shit. And if the government is shutting down, we will take it out at the ballot box in 2020 and vote his stinking ass out of our White House. Ah, uh, sorry about that, folks. <laughs> it, it's just uh, Donald Trump pisses you off. There are so many people who don't like this guy, and they're not afraid to say, I don't like Donald Trump. They're not afraid to say it. Some Republicans are. You know, some of them don't like what he's doing. They don't like what he's doing. But in the long run, they will vote for whatever the fuck he comes up with. Well, we don't like this. We don't think that's Lindsey Graham. We don't like that, but we don't I don't like what he's doing. Then why don't you do something the fuck about him? Do something about him. Get him out of there. Don't just say you don't like what he's doing or what he's doing is dangerous. Come up with a plan to get him the fuck out of White House, out of the White House, out of Congress. 
Because once he becomes a private citizen, he will go to fucking jail. Yeah, I understand the Democrats. The Democrats are um, don't don't like what he's doing. They're not going to give him money for a while. They're bitching. The Republicans will not give him money for a while. They can't because the Senate, I mean, the House of Representatives are the ones who allocate the money. They. If they don't like what Trump is doing, then get him the fuck out of you. You have the power to do something about his behavior. You have the power to stop this man from destroying democracy, to stop this man from destroying America, because that's what he is doing. And he is doing it at the pleasure of Russia. This motherfucker is, excuse me, this asshole is a Russian spy. He's a Russian bot. I mean, to pull to to pull the troops out of Syria at the request of Putin. What it makes you ask? What does Putin have on this guy? Trump is a thirty-year criminal. He has been breaking the law for thirty years or longer. But this shit and caught up with him now. Then and the only thing that is saving his ass, his rotten ass, is the presidency. The pre- the White House, the presidency, his job is the only thing that's saving his fat ass. The job of being president. If he wasn't president, he would be right there with Michael Cohen, Mike Flynn, and the rest of them assholes who have gone to jail. At at things that he has directed. He's the cause of it all. Donald Trump is a mob boss. He's a syndicate mob, uh, a syndicate guy, a thug, crook, criminal, con man. Even the, even the billionaires in his circle say that he's a con man, a thug, a businessman who's making money while being president. That's going to catch up with his ass really soon also. Probably around the around the first of January, two thousand nineteen, he will that'll catch up with his ass. His family, basically, it's a crime family. We're gonna we're gonna find out what uh, next year. We're gonna find out uh, what kind of prison time they're gonna get. And his latest shit coming is that Mathis is out. Okay, uh, yeah, what, another uh, guy in his administration, they, he's gone. Trump says Defense Secretary James Mathis will retire in February. Now, we don't know if he's thinking about retiring or Trump is letting him go or he's deciding to quit because he just can't take the bullshit that Trump is dish out anymore. A lot of people think think that Mathis is quitting because uh, he just can't take dealing with Donald Trump. He, he, Donald Trump and himself, they do not see eye to eye. Donald Trump and the former Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson, did not see eye to eye. Anybody who doesn't see eye to eye and help Donald Trump commit more crimes, he gets rid of them. Because that's all he and his family are about, is committing 
crime after crime after crime, thinking he's above the law. And some people are saying that Donald Trump is trying to start a war so he can stay in office. I don't think a war would keep his ass in office. On January 3rd uh, this year, uh, next year, 2019, the first order of business for the Democrats should be to impeach this guy, get this fucker out of the White House. Uh, the Republicans are dis, are dis, uh, are not. Uh, what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say, the Republicans are not uh, too keen on him either. So they may, you just may have enough votes, uh, enough Democratic votes, and enough uh, Republican votes in both the Senate and the House of Representatives to get this fucking, to get this piece of shit out of the White House. This is what the re- Republicans. And Democrats should be concentrating on getting this fucking parasite out of Washington, out of our White House. That's what they should be focused on, not 2020. I've said several times, this guy, this lunatic, this, this, this asshole is not going to, going to make it to 2020. If he does, something's wrong. In some cases, Donald Trump acts as if he wants to be impeached. I mean, the guy is doubling down on being a traitor. He's not walking away from being a traitor. He's doubled down on being a traitor because he's hand-in-hand with Vladimir Putin, Russia, a rogue country, an enemy of the United States, and he's walking hand-in-hand with this son of a bitch and doing what Russia wants him to do, doing what Putin wants him to do. Fuck the rest of us. This is why I say the, the, the United States military should probably turn their fucking backs on this guy. Just turn their backs. He's probably pissed off that he's not getting a parade. He will never get a fucking parade. A parade for what? For being an epic failure? Because that's all Donald Trump is or has been. He's an epic failure as president. He's an epic failure as Commander in chief, as the commander in chief, he is one of. <laughs> I can barely say it. My tongue is twisting and tying up. I'm so mad and pissed off at this fucker, who thinks he can run America all by himself. Thinks he can do so much. You know that's unilaterally. He don't doesn't need anybody else. Just let him do it. Like he thinks he's the most smartest guy in the world. He thinks he's smart. And, uh, as I was saying on the show yesterday, he thinks he's smarter than those who have uh, told ex- lots of years of experience at what they do, and he has none. He has none. This man needs to go straight to jail, and jail should he <laughs> – he needs to go straight to prison. Jail is too good. He needs to go to prison, and uh, – uh, he doesn't need to be impeached. That's a good thing because if he's impeached, if he's impeached and actually thrown out of, this is why I said at the beginning of the beginning of the show, it is really saving him. And and you know, it's just awful. Okay, the retired general has split with the president on issues including torture, Russia. And transgender services members. Okay, so like I said, they did not see eye to 
eye to eye. And a lot of people feel that James Mathis leaving uh, Mathis leaving uh, the White House is just rats jumping off a sinking ship. And that's what it feels like. That's what it is. Rats jumping off. Trump is so damn isolated. He's so damn alone. And that's the way he wants to be. He does shit without uh, 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 contacting or speaking to the House of Representatives. He does shit without talking to the senators as if he is a fucking dictator and what he says goes. He's not. He is not. Donald Trump tweeted uh, this guy, and all he does is tweets, 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 and that's unpresidential. He tweets, the guy tweets policy. He tweets issues. He tweets shit out there where our enemies can learn of what we're doing. He gives our enemies and, and our foes information through his tweets, especially Vladimir Putin. Pentagon chief nicknamed Mad Dog Mattis during his time as a Marine echoed Trump's call for strengthening the military and beefing up its combat combat readiness. The budget bill the president signed into law in February earmarked $700 billion for the Defense Department and its and uh, this fiscal year. I'm trying. I'm sorry. A major, uh, uh, a more than 15% increase over the previous year and the biggest hike in military spending since 2002. Mathis' resignation, resignation letter addressed to Trump indicates his final day in office will be February 28th. Maybe Trump won't make it that long. He may not make it to February 28, 2019. He, he probably will not make it. Um, you know, because we don't know if the man was fired, uh, or, you know, pushed out or whatever. But the turmoil that's in the Trump administration, they're going to try and, you know, spin this uh, in a positive way. They'll throw anything out. They'll throw anything out here at the American people. But we probably know what what actually happened. He's just jumping off a sinking ship. He's seeing Trump go down. He probably was trying to work with this man, but it was just got too fucking ridiculous. He quit. And um, people, they don't want to work for Donald Trump. They don't want no parts of Donald Trump. No parts of Donald Trump. He's isolated, but he's doing shit that is dangerous that can start a war, because Donald Trump feels if he starts a war, he may keep his job. No. No fucking way. If he starts a war, we get a president with some brain power that's going to know what the fuck to do. Donald Trump is just, just going to make things worse. He's going to do things for Putin. And he's not – the thing is, Donald Trump is not ashamed of saying that he's a Russian spy or that he is a traitor to, to his own country. He should be hung from the nearest fucking tree for treasonous, for being a traitor, 
It has been a monumental week in American politics, and we are not done yet. We start with your exclusive huge interview overnight. This thing came together very quickly late yesterday. Of course, it was a day after Michael Cohen received his three-year prison sentence, which he says was the worst day of his life. And then those attacks from President Trump started early yesterday morning and continued throughout the day. At some point, Cohen, who wasn't planning to speak out, felt he had to respond. Now, there are some things he can't answer because he's still cooperating with prosecutors, but he directly contradicts President Trump's claims about those hush money payments to porn star Stormy Daniels and playmate Karen McDougal. And as you'll see, he is emotional, remorseful, and determined to tell what he says is the truth about President Trump. Michael, thank you for doing this. George, good to see you. Emotional day in court uh, yesterday, and, and I was struck by that line you had. You said you felt like you have your freedom back. Yes. How does it feel today? like I have my freedom back. Though I have to be honest, it's been very rough you know, to be before the court with my family in attendance, my mother, my father, my wife, my children, my sisters, my brother, my niece, cousins, friends. It was, um, it was a very rough day. And then you wake up today and the president's tweeting from very early uh, in the morning, uh, several different things. What struck me most is his claim that um, you, you agreed to this plea deal for this reason, he said. Those charges were just agreed to him by him in order to embarrass the president and get a much reduced prison sentence. I know which tweets you're talking about. First of all, it's absolutely not true. Um, I did not do it to embarrass the president. He knows the truth. I know the truth. Many people know the truth. Under no circumstances do I want to embarrass the President of the United States of America. The truth is, I told the truth. I took responsibility for my actions. And instead of him taking responsibility for his actions, what does he do? He attacks my family. And after yesterday, again, being before the court and taking the responsibility and receiving a sentence of 36 months, the, the only thing he can do is to tweet about my family. He said in the tweets, he repeated in an interview later on, that basically he says, his claim, uh, you're lying about him to protect your wife, to protect your father. Inaccurate. He knows the truth. I know the truth. Others know the truth. And here's the truth. The people of the United States of America, the people of the world, don't believe what he's saying. The man doesn't tell the truth. And it's sad that I should take responsibility for his dirty deeds. You lie for him for a long time. More than 10 years. Why? Out of loyalty. Out of loyalty to him. I followed a bad path. And hence how we started this conversation. I, I have my freedom. And I will not be the villain, as I told you once before. I will not be the villain of his story. He's saying very clearly that he never directed you to do anything wrong. Is that true? I don't think there's anybody that believes that. First of all, nothing at the Trump Organization was ever done unless it was run through Mr. Trump. He directed me, as I said in my allocution, and I said as well in the plea, he directed me to make the payments. He directed me to become involved in these matters, uh, including the one with McDougal, which was really between him and David Pecker, and then David Pecker's counsel. 
I just reviewed the documents in order to protect him. I gave loyalty to someone who truthfully does not deserve loyalty. He was trying to hide what you were doing, correct? Correct. And he knew it was wrong? Of course. And he was doing that to help his election? He, you have to remember at what point in time that this matter came about, two weeks or so before the election, post the Billy Bush comments. So yes, he was very concerned about how this would affect the election. To help his campaign. To help him and the campaign. You mentioned dirty deeds in your allocution uh, yesterday. When you think about it, when you look back, did you know what you were doing? I'm angry wrong? at myself because I knew what I was doing was wrong. I stood up before the world yesterday and I accepted the responsibility for my actions. The actions that I gave to a man who, as I also said in my allocution, I was loyal to. I should not be the only one taking responsibility for his actions. So he's still lying? Yes. Do you know why you were loyal to him at the beginning? No. No. It was a blind loyalty. It was to a man I, I admired, but I, I do not know the answer to it. And I'm angry at myself. My family is disappointed that they have taught me, my mother, father, right from wrong, and I didn't display good judgment. You call it blind loyalty. The prosecutors seem to suggest it was, uh, Southern District prosecutors, I should add, seem to suggest it was not you were being driven by greed and ambition. No, that's inaccurate. But again, I took responsibility for my actions, but I didn't make my money working for Donald Trump. I had made a substantial amount of money years before working for Donald Trump. And anybody who knows me knows that to be the truth. So what do you say to people, and you know, there are a lot of people who would be watching who are going to be thinking, but wait a second, he lied for so long, why should we believe him now? What's the answer what, to that? What do you mean lied? Lied about what? At the Trump Organization, it's a microcosm of even just the New York real estate market. What do we lie about? It's New York real estate. Yes, it's the greatest product ever created. Is that a lie? Well, but you pleaded guilty to lying to Congress. Yes. So why should we believe you now? Because the special counsel stated emphatically that the information that I gave to them was credible and helpful. There's a substantial amount of information that they possess that corroborates the fact that I am telling the truth. So you're done with the lying? I am done with the lying. I am done being loyal to President Trump. And my first loyalty belongs to my wife, my daughter, my son, and this country. You know, that's what he first said to me back in July. It wasn't on camera. And as I said, he, he is still cooperating with prosecutors. So there's, there's a lot of things he can't talk about right now. But he clearly felt that he just had to come out after those attacks from the president yesterday and say something. I mean, he still he'll, uh, cooperate with the special counsel. So like you said, there's a lot he can't say. But he did say a lot in that. It seemed like he's seemingly doubling down on his claims from before. Well, no question about it. All right, Michael Cohen uh, on Donald Trump. You might have heard that. And uh, uh, folks, Donald Trump is really, really screwing up America. I mean, Donald Trump is really tearing down this country. 
Donald Trump is is destroying America, and uh, I just don't understand why the Democrats and Republicans are letting this guy do this. He is really, really uh, doing damage to this country, and he's doing it on purpose. He's doing it on purpose. He's doing it out in the open, and he's doing it on purpose. He's a dumb, stupid fuck, and I can't stand him, as you probably have surmised by now. Um, It's just awful what he's doing. It's awful what he's doing and what he still is allowed to do. Get him out of there. The Democrats can't do it because they're not in power uh, as of yet. They will be in a couple of weeks, a few a few days. But as as now, they're not in power. The, the Republicans can do something right now at this minute. They're always bitching about this man, that what he does is wrong, is dangerous, is not right for the country. But they will not do anything about him. They will not stop him. They will because so many of them are afraid of this fucker. How can you be afraid of a thirty, a thirty-year mob boss criminal? Some of them chose to be afraid of Donald Trump. Well, he's gonna say bad things about us in his tweets. All Fox News is gonna hate us. Give me a fucking break. This man is destroying America. Uh, and and the Democrats and Republicans so far are standing idle by and letting him do it. They they don't like it. They can't stand it. We didn't vote for Democrats to be spineless. We didn't vote for Democrats to not do their fucking job. We voted for Democrats to take on Donald Trump, even if that means impeaching him, doing something, stopping this fucker, stopping this man. From, from ruining our country, going totally nuts, because that's what he's doing. Trump is always doing something crazy, saying something crazy, lying, thugging, conning. Yeah, and all I can say here, folks, is God help us. I do believe that there are some Republicans who are very upset with Trump uh, lately regarding Saudi Arabia. Not only Saudi Arabia, but lying in the fucking bed with Vladimir Putin and telling the world that he's doing it. He is a fucking traitor, and he should be uh, 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 thrown out of office. Get his ass out of our White House. He doesn't deserve to be there. This man is a traitor. This man is a con man. This man is not presidential. He's a thug. He doesn't like America. He hates America. And we can all see that. So nobody can dispute that Donald Trump loves America, doesn't love America, He because he truly does not. His actions prove that he does not. What he loves, what Donald Trump loves is power. He loves power. God damn it, he loves power. That's why I say if he gets impeached, um, they would have to drag his ass from the White House because he's not going to go quietly. He's going to be kicking and screaming. They're going to have to drag his ass up out of that White House. 
Uh, he will not resign. I've said this several times. He will not resign because he know if he resigns, he becomes a private citizen, and he will go to jail. He will be indicted. He will be indicted. And if he lo- and if he somehow miraculously makes it to 2020 and decides he wants to run again, and he becomes the Republicans' nominee. If he loses to a Democrat, and we hope so, if he loses to a Democrat, he becomes a private citizen. He will be indicted. He will go to jail. We have to to figure out how in the fuck we're going to get this man out of our White House because he's destroying democracy, and he's doing it on purpose. He's doing this on purpose. We understand that what he's doing is a distraction away from all the investigations that are surrounding his big fat ass. We know that. This is a distraction, but this is a dangerous distraction. It's a distraction that could land us into a nuclear war, which is what he's probably thinking that's going to save his presidency, his job. It won't. We have some breaking news in the case involving Michael Cohen in New York. It's like. Oh, my God. 
Here's Jim Comey in Capitol Hill speaking now. In the Steele dossier, this while the President of the United States is lying about the FBI, attacking the FBI, and attacking the rule of law in this country. How does that make any sense at all? Republicans used to understand that the actions of a president matter, the words of a president matter, the rule of law matters, and the truth matters. Where are those Republicans today? At some point, someone has to stand up and in the face of fear of Fox News, fear of their base, fear of mean tweets, stand up for the values of this country and not slink away into retirement, but stand up and speak the truth. I find it frustrating to be here answering questions about things that are far less important than the values that this country is built upon. Happy to take your questions. What, what impact does it have when the president calls Michael Cohen a rat, someone who's cooperating with an investigation and questions how his office was uh, raided by the FBI? It undermines the rule of law. This is the president of the United States calling a witness who has cooperated with his own Justice Department a rat. Say that again to yourself at home and remind yourself where we have ended up. This is not about Republicans and Democrats. This is about what does it mean to be an American? What are the things that we care about above our policy disputes, which are important? There's a set of values that represent the glue of this country, and they are under attack by things just like that. We have to stop being numb to it. Whether you're Republican or Democrat, you need to stand on your feet, overcome your shame, and say something. Do you feel like there's any legitimate investigative value to what happened here today, or is this just a political exercise? I can't answer that because I don't know exactly what they're investigating. The questions about Hillary Clinton and the Steele dossier strike me as more of the same. I didn't learn anything new in there. Maybe they did. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I have a question from Fox News, in fact. Um, your handling of the Flynn interview, how is it consistent with the investigations roadmap for agents, the Domestic Investigations Operations Guide? Entirely consistent, in my view. In, in well, so give me your question, next level down, what do you mean? No, I mean the, the, the Domestic Investigations Operations Guide is the roadmap for investigations for all agents. And there is a special section for sensitive matters and in, in individuals, and I'm wondering if you feel comfortable that your handling of home was consistent with that. I do. I do. Very much so. Republicans have criticized you for failing to remember key events, for maybe um, hurting the FBI's reputation as being nonpartisan. What would you say to some of that criticism? They got truthful testimony from me. When you're the director of an organization of 38,000, sometimes you don't know what form people filled out. That's silliness. And as far as hurting the FBI's reputation, I hope not. We had to make very hard decisions in 2016. I knew we were going to get hurt by it. The question was, how do we reduce the damage? What I'm doing now is not what I love to do. I'd rather not be talking to you all. But somebody has to stand up and speak for the FBI and the rule of law, and I hope there's a whole lot more somebody's out there than just me. Court document said that you didn't tell Sally Yates about this interview with Michael Flynn the FBI was conducting until the day of. Why did you wait until the day of to tell Sally Yates about that investigation the FBI is going to have in, in interviewing? Because I knew that if anything came of the interview, if it advanced our investigation, 
the attack from the Trump administration would be that an Obama holdover had engineered it. And so I had to make the decision separate from her to leave them with their only opportunity to challenge it would be to burn down the entire FBI. To my shock and horror, they've tried to do just that in the face of silence from people in this building. Director Comey, what was your reaction? Come right back to you. Go ahead. What was your reaction to the indictment of these two former associates of, of Michael Flynn, the Turkish lobbying? How much of that was on your radar when you were still director? Yeah, I can't say. I can't say. To either one, can you say your reaction to the indictment? No, no reaction, and I can't tell you what I knew. Director Comey, the FBI's reputation has taken a big hit over the last year. Do you share any of the responsibility for that? No. The FBI's reputation has taken a big hit because the President of the United States, with his acolytes, has lied about it constantly. And in the face of those lies, a whole lot of good people who watch your network believe that nonsense. That's a tragedy. That will be undone eventually, but that damage has nothing to do with me. When did you first learn about the Steele dossier? Sometime in September, I think, could have been October. I think it was September of 2016. Well, what can be done to fix it about the, the way the public is seeing the FBI, what the president is saying? People who know better, including Republican members of this body, have to have the courage to stand up and speak the truth, not be cowed by mean tweets or fear of their base. There is a truth and they're not telling it. Their silence is shameful. Of the Republicans who are remaining in the House next session, do you see any taking that mantle, coming up and, and defending the FBI, taking on the president? Not yet. To, to my view, to their everlasting shame, I hope they'll overcome that and realize someday they've got to explain to their grandchildren what they did today. Richard Pryor. On the 31st of August, 1964, Pryor made his television debut on Rudy Valley's summer variety show on Broadway Tonight. Uh, I'm going to tell you a few things about myself, because a lot of you probably don't know me. I'm not a New Yorker. My home's in Pure, Illinois. And, uh... <laughs> I'm from an average-type family. Eleven kids. No mother father, just kids. When I was young, I used to think my people didn't like me because they used to send me to the store for bread and then they'd move. Uh, I noticed when I was young, like, my people, if they didn't want to holler at you, they'd make a funny move with their body. You ever had your parents do this if you're doing something wrong, they'd look at you and go... And I, I had a wild neighborhood, I gotta tell you, because uh, my mother's Puerto Rican and my father's Negro, and we lived in a real big Jewish tenement building. In an Italian neighborhood. Every time I go outside, the kids say, get him, he's all of them. Sometimes pain's funny later on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like what? when I was in jail, I was in jail for income tax evasion. When? Um, last year. How much time did you get? I, I, I got enough. Because <laughs> I told the judge, I said, I forgot about my taxes. He said, you remember next year, nigga? What you taking my picture for? <laughs> Show it to. <laughs> they say, oh, I got a picture of Richard Pryor. He kills the fuck.
Right to your seat. Exit. I don't want to never see no more police in my life. At my house. Taking my ass to jail. For killing my car. kill my car to me, right? Because my wife was going to leave my ass. <laughs> Not in this motherfucker, you ain't. No, Lord. No, mm -mm. If you leave, you'll be driving them hush puppies you got on. Because I'm going to kill this motherfucker here. And I had one of them big old magnums, you know that noise they make when you shoot something, I shot a charger. Charger. Ah! It got good to me. I shot another one. <laughs> And that vodka I was drinking, I said, go ahead, shoot something else. I shot the motor, the motor fell out the motherfucker, right? The motor say, fuck it. Then the police came, I went in the house. Because they got magnums too. And they don't kill cars. They kill nigga. Ali, man, I got in the ring one time. The Ali, man, is awesome. A nigga, I was in a benefit with him just for fun boxing. And just to get in the ring with a nigga, your heart goes, uh -huh. <laughs> No, because something makes you say, you know, I'm in this motherfucking ring and shit. And does everybody know this is for fun? <laughs> you know, because the nigga be fucking with you, right? As soon as you get in the ring, Ali be talking about, so fast, you don't see his punches till they're coming back. That's all you see right in your mind be saying, wait a minute now. There was some shit in my face a minute ago. I know that. <laughs> Ali came out, man. He threw about eight punches, about a quarter inch from my nose. He said, I said, shit. And I was happy to be in the ring with the champ, you know what I mean? It was really nice. But my mind kept saying, I said, what happened if this nigga had one of them Joe Frazier flashbacks? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, go, round 11, Joe Frazier. <laughs> and it gave give me brain damage for life, right? <laughs> Freaky deaky. <laughs> that boxing a hard hustle, though. I used to box in the Golden Gloves. I was good in the gym. <laughs> it was in the ring where I had my trouble. <laughs> I was a motherfucker in the gym hitting the heavy bag, you know, pam, 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 because the bag don't move. Because you get in the ring, niggas be talking about. I said, hey, coach, what about this shit here? I said, this nigga moving. And I always had to box them dudes that looked like they just killed their parents. You know, you ever seen them niggas with them big, rusty-ass hands? Kind of hand you can strike a match in the middle of it? Right, they come out at the bell beating themselves up. Right, a ding.
not working. Well, and then you start trying a little bit. Then get good to you, right? And I fucked around, left one of them pins out there too long. And I saw this nigga's eyes got real red. And in his mind, I know he was saying, I'm gonna kill him real. And he hit me with a punch he got from Mississippi. It came from Mississippi in slow motion. Gained momentum in Georgia. Swept up through Louisiana. And my body said, get the fuck out the way. I couldn't move though. And my mind said, drop your arm, block the punch, and counter with your right. But my arm said, I ain't got nothing to do with it. And he hit me in the rear of attacks on the FBI are shameful. The fired FBI director firing back after House Republicans haul him back for another closed-door hearing. Alone and angry. Hold up in the White House, Mr. Trump goes on an angry tweet storm against the Russia probe as Rudy Giuliani offers a confusing defense of his client-in-chief. Are they worried about new leads being followed by the special counsel? High-stakes info war. Powerful new Senate reports on Russian interference reveal the scope of Moscow's tampering with social media before and after the election, all aimed at helping President Trump. Stand by for new details on the tactics and the targets. And commander interference. President Trump hails a U.S. soldier charged with premeditated murder, calling him a military hero. New concerns tonight about the nation's leader intervening in a criminal case. We want to welcome our viewers in the United States and around the world. I'm Wolf Blitzer. You're in the Situation Room. This is CNN Breaking News. We're following breaking news on James Comey's blistering attack on President Trump and Republicans who refused to stand up to him. The fired FBI director saying Mr. Trump has lied constantly about the Bureau and has attacked the rule of law in his attempts to undermine the Russia investigation. Comey clearly fuming after a second closed-door hearing demanded by House Republicans before Democrats take control. 
Once a registered Republican, Comey says GOP lawmakers are being cowed into silence by the president, calling their failure to speak out an everlasting shame. I'll get reaction from Senate Democrat Maisie Hirono, a member of the Judiciary Committee, and our correspondents and analysts are also standing by. First, let's go to our senior congressional correspondent, Manu Raju. Manu, James Comey's frustrations with the president and with Republicans, they boiled over today. Yeah, they did blistering attacks from James Comey directed towards the president and Republicans after the president has launched attack after attack on the FBI, on the Mueller investigation. Republicans, for the most part, have not stood up to this president, James Comey, after sitting down with Republicans and Democrats as a part of a Republican-led investigation in the House for the second time, let loose and said the Republicans need to stand up because silence is not helping this country. The president of the United States is lying about the FBI, attacking the FBI, and attacking the rule of law in this country. How does that make any sense at all? Republicans used to understand that the actions of a president matter, the words of a president matter, the rule of law matters, and the truth matters. Where are those Republicans today? At some point, someone has to stand up and in the face of fear of Fox News, fear of their base, fear of mean tweets, Stand up for the values of this country and not slink away into retirement, but stand up and speak the truth. I find it frustrating to be here answering questions about things that are far less important than the values that this country is built upon. Now, over the weekend, the president attacked his former attorney, Michael Cohen, calling him a rat and also questioning about how the FBI raided the office of Michael Cohen. He, the president said that he broke that the FBI broke in to Michael Cohen's properties. James Comey pushed back rather strongly at the president's attack against Michael Cohen. This is the president of the United States calling a witness who has cooperated with his own Justice Department a rat. Say that again to yourself at home and remind yourself where we have ended up. This is not about Republicans and Democrats. This is about what does it mean to be an American? What are the things that we care about above our policy disputes, which are important? There's a set of values that represent the glue of this country, and they are under attack by things just like that. We have to stop being numb to it. Whether you're Republican or Democrat, you need to stand on your feet, overcome your shame, and say something. Now, before James Comey was fired, one reason why the president was frustrated with him is because Comey would not say publicly that the president himself was not under investigation. Now, in this closed-door meeting, I'm told uh, by a source familiar with the matter that this came up, and Comey defended his decision not to speak about this publicly, saying that the president appears to be under investigation right now based on public reports, and had he have made that declaration then, then the FBI would have to come out now and clean it up and say the president is under investigation. So he defended that decision in these closed or hearing earlier today, Wolf. Manu Comey also defended the FBI's investigation of President Trump's former national security advisor, Michael Flynn, after the president repeatedly attacked the bureau for the way it questioned Flynn. Uh, tell us what happened. Yeah, Michael Flynn in the in her interview by those FBI agents in January 2017 has come under increased scrutiny by Republicans, conservatives, and by Flynn's own attorneys who suggested that it wasn't handled 
properly, but Flynn, uh, but uh, Comey today strongly defended it. I asked Comey if he handled that properly. He said he did. He said it's nonsense to criticize it, given the fact that, Co that Flynn himself pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI about his interaction with the Russian ambassador, Sergei Kislyak, and he also defended his decision, James Comey did, not telling his superior, Sally Yates, about the Flynn interview until the day it happened, saying if he had informed his, uh, her about this, then this, then Yates and Obama holdover would have been criticized for greenlighting an interview of the president's national security advisor. And Wolf, I also asked Comey if he had confidence in the current acting attorney general, Matt Whitaker, who is overseeing the Mueller investigation, and he said that no comment, and he walked away. Wolf. All right, John Mano, thank you very, very much. Uh, let's uh, go to the White House right now. It's a bitter battle between James Comey and President Trump, clearly intensifying. Our, we're joined by our senior White House correspondent, our chief White House correspondent, I should say, Jim Acosta. Jim, any reaction there to Comey's scolding of the president and the Republicans? Uh, no, Wolf, uh, not yet. And that's pretty surprising given the, the past uh, that we know between the president and Jim Comey. The president has not been bashful about going after the uh, FBI director that he fired. And we've seen that on a number of occasions. Just that has not happened yet. I'm sure it's coming. But as you know, well, President Trump's legal team is scrambling to stay ahead of the latest twists and turns in the Russia investigation. The president and his outside attorney, Rudy Giuliani, are both beating up on the special counsel's probe, throwing punches in just about every direction. But it's the truth that seems to be taking a pounding. The president's legal team isn't exactly spreading yuletide cheer when asked whether Mr. Trump will sit down with special counsel Robert Mueller in the Russia investigation. They're a joke over my dead body, but you know, I could be dead. The president's outside attorney Rudy Giuliani suggested, without any evidence, that Mueller's investigators are now digging deeper into Mr. Trump's past business dealings, complaining the Russia probe is now out of control. This Not is Mueller. a witch hunt. They are going back now. They're going back to... 1982, 1983, they're going through business records. My goodness, they went from collusion to obstruction, no evidence, now campaign finance. Giuliani is speaking out of both sides of his mouth. When asked whether one of the president's associates, Roger Stone, gave Mr. Trump advance warning that WikiLeaks was about to dump damaging information about Hillary Clinton during the campaign, Giuliani said no, but then added it wouldn't be a crime either way. No. Not at all. Uh... I don't believe so. But again, if Roger Stone gave anybody heads up about WikiLeaks leaks, that's not a crime. It would be like giving him heads up that the Times is going to print something. Once the, the crime, this is why this thing is so weird, strange. The crime is conspiracy to hack. Collusion is not a crime. It doesn't exist. Giuliani also seemed to offer a new detail about the Trump Tower Moscow project. The president's former attorney, Michael Cohen, pleaded guilty to lying to Congress about the project, admitting discussions about the proposal lasted until June 2016. But Giuliani suggested that Mr. Trump may have had discussions which went on longer than that. According to the answer that he gave, it would have covered all the way up to November of covered all of November 2016. He said he had conversations with him about it. The president didn't hide this. While Giuliani hit the Sunday talk shows, the president worked over Cohen on Twitter, tweeting, his one-time fixer only became a rat after the FBI did something which was absolutely unthinkable and unheard of until the witch hunt was illegally started. They broke into an attorney's office. But that's not true. Cohen later said those federal investigators were courteous and professional. House Democrats are eager to hear more of Cohen's story when they take control of Congress next year. I'm hoping that Mr. Cohen will come before the Congress 
where he can tell the, the, the American public exactly uh, what he has been saying to Mueller and others without interfering with the Mueller investigation. The president spent much of the weekend airing his grievances about the Russia probe, blaming it all on former Attorney General Jeff Sessions, tweeting, Jeff Sessions should be ashamed of himself for allowing this total hoax to get started in the first place. With the president staying behind closed doors, acting Attorney General Matt Whitaker was one of several administration officials stopping by the White House. From outgoing Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke, who's suddenly leaving the Trump team, to incoming Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney who has some explaining to do after this video surfaced from just before the 2016 election. Yes, I'm supporting Donald Trump. I'm doing so as enthusiastically as I can, given the fact I think he's a terrible human being. Uh, but the choice on the other side is just as bad. The president hasn't lashed out at Mulvaney, but he did vent his frustrations on Sadia. Well, all right, uh, Jim Acosta at the White House, thank you. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, the president and the Russia investigation right now. Our crime and justice reporter, Shima Prokopez, is joining us. Uh, Shima, and Rudy Giuliani says there's no way he's going to allow the president of the United States to sit down for a face-to-face -face interview with Mueller and his team, saying that would only happen, quote, over my dead body. Why are they say, so opposed to the president answering some questions if the president did nothing wrong and has nothing to hide? Look, you have Rudy Giuliani, who claims to be out there talking for the president. He himself can't get the story straight. Every time we hear from him, there's always something new. Something doesn't make sense. He adds things to the, to the narrative. He takes things away. So it's totally conceivable that they're worried. You know, as we've been saying all along, they do not want to put the president before the special counsel, before FBI agents, before prosecutors, where he could essentially be accused of lying and could perjure himself. So that is their whole goal. And this has been their goal throughout this investigation, really has been to protect uh, Donald Trump from the investigation because there's always been this concern that he could lie. You know, there was a significant uh, statement potentially that Rudy Giuliani made yesterday. Originally, Michael Cohen said uh, his talks with the Russians about building a Trump Tower in Moscow ended in January of 2016. He later said under oath uh, that he had lied about that. They really continued until June, around the time of the convention. Uh, the Republican convention when he was getting the nomination, Donald Trump, uh, continued till June. But yesterday, Giuliani says those talks, actually, Michael Cronstock continued as late as November 2016. What's Giuliani talking about? Right. The problem here, though, is now they're corroborating Michael Cohen's statement. You know, the president, his lawyers, Rudy Giuliani, have tried to go out there and paint Michael Cohen as this liar. Uh, he's just trying to get himself from under this investigation. He wants to, he wanted less jail time, so he was making all of this up. But the problem now with Rudy Giuliani saying this is that he is corroborating in part of what Michael Cohen has told the special counsel. The other thing here, and, and let's remember, is that the special counsel has said that there were discussions about Michael Cohen's testimony with people close to the president, with people perhaps at the White House that were aware of what his lies essentially that he was telling two members of Congress about how this, these conversations with, about the Moscow project stopped in January of 2016. Well, now it seems that people in the White House have all along, have all along knew that these conversations were ongoing. So therefore, did someone at the White House know that Michael Cohen was lying? Did the president's lawyers know that Michael Cohen was lying and therefore no one ever said anything? That could potentially be a problem in the obstruction world that we know the special counsel is looking at for the president and certainly people who work for the president. The president's former national security advisor, Michael Flynn, uh, he's going to be addressing the court tomorrow when he's finally 
sentence, what do we expect to hear? Yeah, and that coming uh, the, tomorrow, which it will be the day after these two business associates of Michael Flynn were uh, charged for the secretive lobbying work uh, on behalf of the, of the Turkey government. So tomorrow will probably want to be one of the first times that we're going to hear from Michael Flynn since all of this happened. We'll hear him essentially try to apologize for what he did. The other thing that's going to be interesting is going to be how much does the special counsel get into in terms of how much help Michael Flynn has been providing them. They tend to not talk a lot. They try to not tell us a lot into their investigation. But with today's announcement of these two people, these two business associates, other information that has been out there, one of the things that perhaps will happen is we may hear more. And uh, we know that the Trump administration has not figured out how to send all of that. So uh, when you really sit down and think about 1,100 miles of a physical barrier and a wall, of which of this 1,100 miles, the United States government only controls a certain percentage of land, and the rest will have to be obtained through eminent domain. One wonders, you know, how serious is this border wall? So I, having visited the border and seeing children at, uh, at Tornillo, basically locked up, 2,700 of them, in a facility that was supposed to last for only 30 days, and here we are going on five months. Uh, there's, there is no reason that these children should not be uh, as, as uh, quickly moved to be with their sponsors as possible. And one of the things that Trump administration has done in their efforts to stymie legal immigration and people coming to our country asking for asylum, which also is their right to do, uh, is to create a process whereby these unaccompanied children are having to wait a much longer time to be united with their sponsors. Why? Because they want to have fingerprint checks on not only the sponsors, but everybody in the sponsor's household or family. And this has a chilling effect because a number of the sponsors are undocumented. And this information is shared with ICE, who then proceeds to, to uh, deport these people. So Trump administration is doing everything they can to make it really hard for people to come across the border seeking asylum, which under international and our own laws is their right to do. And then when they finally get here, we keep them separated from their sponsors for extended periods of time in a facility that's not licensed. And then as for the where the families are, again, there are alternatives to basically incarcerating families. Uh, in, in these facilities. Senator, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. All right, just ahead, uh, James Comey is shaming Republicans right now, demanding they stand up to President Trump. But are Republican lawmakers listening? Very extensive and detailed reports released by the Senate Intelligence Committee. And the scope there, Wolf, is the key word. These are two separate reports commissioned by the Senate Intelligence Committee that are just stunning in their breadth and their detail. They show the Russian efforts to try to blackmail, co-opt, and recruit Americans as so-called assets. They then show how the Russians actively supported Donald Trump in the 2016 campaign, while also working to undermine Hillary Clinton's campaign. And even after the 2016 race was over, they kept on going. Efforts by Russia to meddle in American politics through social media are active and ongoing and far bigger than once thought. That's according to a pair of detailed and stunning new reports commissioned by the Senate Intelligence Committee, released today. The reports tracked Russian activity during the 2016 presidential race and after. We're going to win back.
activity that during the campaign worked to support Donald Trump's candidacy and undermine Hillary Clinton's, including by trying to depress African Americans' votes and raise fears of a stolen election on the right. They didn't just stop. After the 2016 election, if anything, on Instagram in particular, they really ramped up. The analysis was based on troves of data handed over by Facebook, Twitter, and Google. In one data set, analysts found that the Russian troll farm known as the Internet Research Agency, which is linked to the Kremlin, posted more than 10 million tweets, 116,000 Instagram posts, 61,000 Facebook posts, and one. 1,000 videos. Earlier this year, the same group was indicted by special counsel Robert Mueller. The Russian group's efforts went beyond misinformation on social media. The group regularly tried to co-opt unsuspecting Americans to do certain tasks or hand over their personal information, developing them as so-called assets. In one example, Russian trolls created a page called Army of Jesus, targeting Christians and offering free counseling to people with sexual addiction. The hotlines posted, the report says, created an opportunity to blackmail or manipulate these individuals. CNN also tracked down this Trump supporter in Florida, who was paid by the Internet Research Agency to build a cage to bring to an event to call for the imprisonment of Hillary Clinton. There was nothing. Nothing at all to lend you to think that it's anything other than people trying to support a candidate. The group's most prolific efforts specifically targeted black American communities, not just to depress their vote, but to develop them, too, as assets. One such operation convinced and paid martial arts instructor Omawale Adewale to run self-defense classes for African Americans to, quote, protect your rights, let them know black power matters. CNN's Drew Griffin spoke to Adewale. They convinced you very easily, very, very easily. Some of the things were, you know, sketchy, but at the end of the day, it's still fitness. The trove of data that was analyzed in these two reports was given to the Senate Intel Committee by those social media giants. But one of the reports from the committee says that the companies only handed over what they called the bare minimum amount of data that was required by the committee. So that means there are likely many more Russian accounts out there still yet to be identified, just as our focus starts to turn to the next presidential race. Yeah, these reports are really detailed. Uh, the, the Russians had a very, very intricate, detailed, sophisticated knowledge of American politics. And it continues to this day. And will. Alex, thanks very much. Uh, just to have the impact of James Comey's words as he accuses Republicans of being complicit in President Trump's attacks on the rule of law. And Mr. Trump's defense uh, in the Russia probe seems to change by the day as he and his lawyer talk and tweet. What does Robert Mueller make of all of this? Our analysts are standing by. Do you have a life insurance? For failing to stand up to President Trump, he's accusing fearful GOP lawmakers of, quote, slinking into retirement rather than calling out Mr. Trump for what Comey describes as constant lies and attacks on the rule of law here in the United States. Let's bring in our analyst and Phil Mudd over the weekend. Uh, President Trump called his former lawyer and fixer Michael Cohn a rat for cooperating with the special counsel. Watch how the former FBI director James Comey responded today. This is the President of the United States calling a witness who has cooperated with his own Justice Department a rat. Say that again to yourself at home and remind yourself where we have ended up. This is not about Republicans and Democrats. This is about what does it mean to be an American? 
What do you make of that? The question's bigger. It's not just about Michael Cohen. It's about, look, you go back to the campaign. Orange is the new black. The president of the United States says it's okay for a foreign security service from an adversary, that is Russia, to steal information from an American political candidate. That is stealing emails, as he said on the campaign, from the Hillary Clinton campaign. It's okay for that. It is not okay for a domestic security service, that is the FBI, to go to a judge and ask for a lawful warrant, not only to search Michael Cohen's offices, which the president attacked over the weekend, but to ask Michael Cohen to cooperate in what is clearly, based on the judgments of the court and of, uh, of uh, juries, what is clearly illegal activity. So get this straight. It's okay for the former KGB to steal stuff. It's not okay for the FBI to seek a court warrant in the United States to go against Michael Cohen. Orange is the new black. I, and the KGB, I guess, the former KGB is the new FBI. I guess that's what we got. You know, Sabrina, well, uh, oh, oh, I just want to play this clip, uh, Jeffrey. Sabrina, to respond, uh, this is Rudy Giuliani, the president's lawyers, insisting president didn't do anything wrong. But listen to the defense. It's not a crime. It's not a crime, George. Paying, paying uh, $230,000 to Stormy, whatever, and paying 150000 to the other one is not a crime. Did the president, did Donald Trump know that Michael Cohen was pursuing the Trump Tower in Moscow into the summer of 2016? According to the answer that he gave, it would have covered all the way up to November of covered all the way up to November of 2016. He said he had conversations with him about it. President Hyde this. They well, know earlier they had said those conversations stopped in January 2016. Roger Stone gave anybody heads up about WikiLeaks leaks. That's not a crime. It would be like giving him heads up that the Times is going to print something. Once the, the crime, this is why this thing is so weird, strange. The crime is conspiracy to hack. Collusion is not a crime. It doesn't exist. I know that uh, collusion is, is not a crime. Right? Remember, he used to be a federal prosecutor. He used to be a U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, uh, Rudy Giuliani. Uh, what, what do you make of that defense? Well, the special counsel made very clear what its definition of a crime would be with respect to collusion. And that was in some of the indictments that we've seen, particularly against uh, members of Russian intelligence, which includes uh, conspiracy to hack uh, into the servers of U.S. persons and entities to steal documents, which in this case were the emails of the DNC and John Podesta, uh, Clinton campaign chairman. Hey, everybody, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now in session. The finest Internet radio talk show and podcast in the land of Illinois on the north side of the great, great city of Chicago. You are now on the air. Fun time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. Have a great time.
that they will not give Trump money for his wall, suddenly they do. Caved in. Democrats have caved in. The, the people we gave the blue wave to has caved in to this traitor. They've caved in. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, they caved in. You know, uh, House passes temporary government's funding bill that includes border wall money. I mean, I just saw Maybe about 10 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago, Nancy Pelosi all over the tube saying there will be no money for the border wall. No money for the border wall. No money for the border wall. Suddenly, there's money for the border wall. But it's temporary. Uh, I know what they're doing. They're trying to keep the government from shutting down. But they played into Trump's hands. This is why... I say Democrats are fucking weak, spineless. They get kicked in their ass and they give in and they give up and they disappoint the American people. I'm pretty sure they're going to spin this. They're going to spin it. Uh, Chuck Schumer is not smiling and he shouldn't be because these son of a bitches caved into the Democrats. I'm going to hear this from all over the social media now. This is horrible what they just did. Give this fucker what he wants. All you doing is em- all you doing is emboldening this crook and this criminal. This is why I said a hundred million times I did not want Nancy Pelosi to be the Speaker of the House. She caves in, she gives in, and and this is just ridiculous. 
This is just ridiculous. I I can't express my displeasure any any more than I'm doing right now. They caved in. I mean, this is the Democrats' mantra. That's this is why I'm not a Democrat. I don't believe anything they say. Obama used to do the same thing. He was he said, well, he was saying, I'm not going to do this. The Republicans are not going to make me do this. Or, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to American people. I'm not going to do this. Suddenly, he caves in and he gives the Republicans what they want. And Dems throughout the House of Representatives, when they, this is how, this is how Democrats lose uh, elections. They give in to bullies. You do not give in to fucking bullies. Nancy Pelosi just gave in to a bully. I don't care how she spins this. What? Oh uh, well, we don't want the government to shut down. We don't want people to have lousy Christmases. We don't want people to do that. More than likely, these government workers, if the if the government shut down tomorrow, these government workers would not have had uh, lousy Christmases. This probably would have affected them in the future, but not – I don't think it would have affected them on Christmas Day. She just, she, they just played into the hands of a thug, a murderer. Well, maybe a murderer. Who knows? Uh, this is just phenomenal. Already they done caved in. The thing is, she kept saying, well, we're not going to give money for a border wall. We're not going to give money for a border wall. We, this is Nancy Pelosi. Suddenly, she caves in and gives him money for a border wall. Maybe if she didn't say we were, gonna give, we're not going to give him money for a border wall, maybe this would not be too hard to take. But since she was out there all on a tube, I mean, for weeks and weeks saying he's not going to get anything. Even Chuck Schumer was saying he's not going to get anything. So what the fuck do they do? They give him money for for his border wall. Wow. All right, folks, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We are disappointed. We are disappointed because we voted for these fucking people, and we knew what they were about. We knew they were weak. We knew they were spineless. We knew they were... Uh, uh, not on our side. We knew that. And a lot of people are disappointed tonight because a lot of people on social media were saying, hey, we're not going to give them shit. We're not going to give them shit. We're not going to give them nothing. And these motherfuckers, Chuck Schumer, Democrat, Nancy Pelosi, they gave Trump what he wanted. All you're doing is emboldening him to, to, to be nasty even more. They gave the fuck in. This is why I did not want Nancy Pelosi to be Speaker of the House. I wanted someone else because I knew she was going to give in to fucking Donald Trump. She may be up his ass. I don't know. But this is this is not good for, for the American people. And I'm looking at a photograph right here of them both looking ridiculous. After they done caved the fuck in to a thug, a criminal, a, a two-time felon. This is what Democrats do. They fucking cave in. And this is how they lose elections. They don't stand up for themselves. They don't stand up for their principles. Weak. Uh, no balls. Uh, no backbone. Talk a good game, but in the end, they cave the fuck in. They cave all the way in, and then they try to spin their way out of it by saying, well, we did this for the people. We did this. You didn't do shit for the people. You did something for Donald Trump. Border wall. 
That's that's a disappointment. Fucking grave disappointment. And Nancy Pelosi should not get any votes next month for for House of before for the uh, Speaker of the House. All right, folks, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're just about the we're just about off the air. Actually, we are off the air, and we're going to be off for the next two or three days. We're going to be off for uh, Christmas and Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So we'll just be on for a little while next week, and I hope you join me. If if the show is not on, if you want to listen to the show, there's plenty, plenty of podcasts and recordings. You can download it, or you can just listen listen to the show right here on this website, blogtalkradio slash georgewalderjr.com, and listen to all those shows I've got. I've got about six or 700, and they're pretty decent. If Anytime I'm not on the air, make sure, I mean, listen to them as much as you want. That's up to you. It's not going to cost you a penny. Not going to cost you anything. <laughs> Hopefully you have some fun as you listen to the George Wilder Jr. Show. All right, everybody. I'm going to say uh, good night. Um, have a great Christmas. Have a great new year. We'll be back here on the uh, – yeah, we'll be off for uh, uh, the 31st and January 1. So we're going to be off for a while. Uh, well, yeah, well, not that long. We'll just be off for a few days on certain days, uh, because of the holidays. But anyway, you understand. But anyway, uh, if you're craving for the George Wilder Jr. show, make sure you listen to some of the other, um, podcasts and shows that I have done, you know, we have done and make sure you go to amazon.com and check out some of my writings. I'm also an author. Check, get yourself a book or a story or something like that and uh, enjoy it. Okay, Amazon.com, George Wilder Jr. slash author slash G Wilder. It's there. Just put my name in the text bar, uh, and all my books and writings will fall down there. And get yourself a copy. Don't forget to review. <laughs> don't don't forget to leave a review. Okay. All right, the George Wilder Jr. show is off the air, folks. Have a great Christmas. Have a great New Year's. Have and anyway, just say happy holidays, and stay safe, stay warm, stay good, and do anything bad. All right, the George Wanda Jr. show is off the air. We will be back next week in a limited fashion in a, excuse me, I can't even say it. In a limited fashion two days a week we'll be off Christmas Eve, Christmas Day we'll be back on December 26th and 27th. And then we're off on December 31st and we're off on January 1st, 20, 2019. We'll be back on Let's see, on the 3rd. I think we'll be back on the 3rd. Anyway, we'll be back, okay? We will be back. Enjoy the podcast, folks. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Tell everybody about the show. Tell tell them that you like it and all that kind of stuff, okay? Bye-bye, everybody. Have a great one. Be safe. Merry Christmas.
That has to go. That the house. 